rdtdaily.com presents a Tara Buster with comedian Tara Devlin. All right, my friends, how's it going? How we doing? Living in the last days of the American Republic. How you feeling? I'm feeling a bit tense myself. My name is Tara Devlin. This is Unapologetic Liberal Talk. It's exactly what we need to take this country back from the fascists, the autocrats. It's happening, ladies and gentlemen. This is, we are living in the last days of the American Republic. I'm not just being hyperbolic. We're telling it like it is. It's the truth. Unlike the corporate media that has, I mean, unsurprisingly, they have a vested interest in rehabbing these fascists and allowing them to get away with rehabbing themselves. I mean, of course, Nancy Pelosi asking or begging Republicans to take back their party because the Republican Party has done so much good for America is um, doesn't help. But uh, before I get going and keep going, let's say, um, thank you all for everything for supporting the show, for being a patron, for going to patreon.com and and deciding to support this show. Um, you can support any show you want, and the fact that you're helping to support this show means the world to me. And it also will help keep us, it'll help keep us going and help keep us growing, more importantly. So, but we didn't get any patrons in the past couple of days, so I can't really specifically call anybody out. But that all the more reason to give it a plug. Keep uh, talking to your friends, tell them about this show and others like it, and we'll keep doing this until until I guess. I mean, I will tell you when. Oh, here, here. This is what I'm trying to say. I was going to say, I'll tell you when we're safe. <laughs> no, you know what I say to the Republicans. Please do us all a favor and go. You're so scared of living in a in a civilization. You can't go to Walmart without your M16. Go into your basement. Lock yourselves in. And we'll tell you when it's safe to come out. But... It will. It's never going to be completely safe, but we we can be on the right side of democracy. You see, you're never truly safe from the from the fascists. You have to. That's why every battle, that famous quote, "There is no final victory. There is no final defeat. You have to. You must fight every battle again and again and again." It's the truth. We must remain vigilant. The price of liberty is eternal vigilance. The founders knew that. We know that. So you can't give the Republicans or the conservatives their their minor, lesser cousins, but all the the same in the sense that their you take their policies to the ultimate end, and you this is what you're looking at an auto, an autocratic takeover. That's the bottom line. They've been pining for this autocratic takeover really since the revolution, before the revolution. The conservatives during the American Revolution were the loyalists. They didn't want to have a revolution, a, a 
government of by and for the people they could only stand it in as much as the those at the top those who had the power in this democratic government were the white male property owners so the more that we fulfill the promises in our founding document and extend the franchise to to everybody and that is how we will have a stable, more perfect union when the American people realize or, or the, the, the general feeling, of course, you're always going to have morons on the outliers, but the general feeling is that, yes, we are in this together. That's what it means to be an American. It doesn't mean, being an American doesn't mean that free, you're free to walk around Walmart with an M16. That's not freedom. Being an American means we believe in democracy. We believe in a government of, by, and for the people that promotes the general welfare over the welfare of the rich, the 1%. This is the battle as old as Western civilization, as old as, old as human civilization. So we, without that civic spirit of e pluribus unum, we're not going to survive. And we've talked about this on the show before. The reason the Roman Empire was able to conquer the world wasn't because it had a strong army, although it did. It was because of its civic spirit. They had a community spirit. Uh, that's why they were able to, as, ma as many times as, the, as they would lose battles, which were quite a few, they lost some epic battles. So it wasn't just the military that made this, uh, that, that pushed the Roman way of life all over the western world so much so that we're still living in its shadow but it was the civic duty that was instilled in in the roman citizen that they that they had an obligation to each other and if duty called they would show up so we don't have that here you see, I'm not saying that we should have a duty to show up and conquer the world, but we should have a duty to to uh, at least to understand that e pluribus unum means we have a functioning society. Ge the promoting the general welfare is the purpose of the American experiment. We tried having a uh, intergenerational aristocracy and monarchy rule for thousands of years. That didn't work out for the majority. Oh, it always works out for those at the top. But that's why they have to keep, they have to keep people in all different kinds of bondage mentally through the church, telling them that their, their rewards await them in heaven. I, the same old tricks are being played. And, of course, also telling people that their problems aren't because the rich are riding them to the banks and making them toil in the field like uh, indentured, well, <laughs> literally and figurative indentured servants and slaves and uh, doing nothing for them except uh, riding them to the bank. But 
promising them a mansion in heaven, it's uh, that, that we have to overcome that bullshit. They're playing the same old game, the same divide and conquer game, and the veneration of of the rich. Now, it, it comes in all different forms, including uh, the way the American people are supposed to we're supposed to genuflect in front of all of the business. Like being a businessman is the pinnacle of human evolution. As if being a billionaire. That's why we have to endure, like when we played the the, the interview of Bloomberg with Stephanie. Ru Who cares what this old cracker has to say? This this cranky old cracker. Who effing cares? pontificating about all things from uh, the vi coronavirus to uh, to unions. How dare you? It's, you see the game? That's the game being played. So we do the show to try to wake people up to the to the game. If when you, when you know the game, you that's why I probably when I'm that's probably why I'm so I have such a knot in my stomach all the time because I don't when I watch television, it is I I watch it, watch it with an open with my eyes open. I'm not sitting there going, "Oh yeah. That's interesting, Bloomby." You have to see read between the lines. What's the old, the underlying message being being pushed by a civilization. Every every society has their message they're trying to get out. Well, especially here in the United States of serfs and lords, we're supposed to have a message. Well, I mean, it's supposed to be free, uh, open exchange of ideas. But you know, that's why the concentration of media ownership doesn't do us any favors. That's part of the problem. We only get the, we get the capitalist line. That's it. We don't get like, for example, today, I wish I had grabbed the the clip when I was watching MSNBC when it was on they somebody was on it was earlier in the morning and I don't remember who well let me see look at my let me look at my Twitter feed so I can give credit quote-unquote where to do because I tweeted at let's see oh here comes the music that's just my time clock this is Tara Devlin yeah that's right patreon.com slash Tara Devlin the best $2 a month or more you can ever spend by supporting the liberal media. Also, giving the show a good review on iTunes, that helps. Joining Rockfin and subscribing to the feed there, that also helps. We got a lot of things. I know there's a lot of work to do. It's not that much work, though. If you want to want the show to grow that's the way it's got to trust me i'm i'm annoyed too wait hold on hold on hold on where is it there is my profile you can follow me on twitter too uh, it is real tara devlin is my name also we have Ta tara buster show on instagram so it's tara buster underscore show on instagram and then my personal instagram channel is pterodactyl. So, where the heck is it? 
I guess I was tweeting a lot today. I can't find it. Oh, here it is. The woman's name was Antonia Ferrara, Ferraria, Ferrier. She she wasn't. I don't think in the in Lincoln Project, but she's one of those Lincoln Project types, and uh, disaffected Republican. And she was on MSNBC as they do, discussing beating a topic to death with a bunch of so-called experts that nobody asked me, but whatever. <laughs> they need some more experts on there that are always safely spreading the party line, the, the capitalist line. Every now and then they'll have Anon Gerahardes on. I really think, well, I guess Chris Hayes is a liberal for real, but Anon Gerahardes, as far as the guests are concerned, he's probably one of the only true liberals, Anon Gerahardes, but and so he gets in there now and then and he'll uh, he'll slip some truth into the conversation like billionaires, there is no, what is the point? The billion, billionaires, the fact that this country makes more billionaires than we do uh, as the American middle class slides below 50% of the population and and sliding lower and lower on the scale, that goes to show you how broken the system truly is. We shouldn't be, um, well, let's put it this, we should be alarmed that this is the, the case. It's not because the billionaires are working a billion times harder. It's because the system is rigged. So once you get to a certain level, you're, you're, you're being pampered, so to speak, by the, by the entire system. While the rest of us are, what, going bankrupt if we get sick or working our side gigs and side hustles. And then I heard something online or saw somebody tweeting something or whatever. It's just everything sucks, though. Uh, and this person was like, oh, they're trying to, oh, because I think Joe Biden said something that you should be able to make, earn a living working one job. You shouldn't need two or three jobs. That shouldn't be the American way. And then, of course, some capitalist mouthpiece, some faux uh, patriot wrapping the, the decline of the American working class in the veneer of patriotism, was like, that's how America became great, by side hustles. People who did this, the Wright brothers, side hustle, every, uh, Thomas Jefferson, side hustle. So now having... Three jobs is sort of like, if you don't have two or three jobs going on, you're not living up to your expectations. You're not working hard enough. You're not uh, an innovator. You're not patriotic. We should venerate, we should want to work three jobs, you see. One job, if we make one job enough to, to earn a living and to, to save, have some days off, go on a vacation now and then and retire. I mean, what kind of, what kind of crap is that? We're holding back the spirit of, of entrepreneurship? No, we're not. We're holding back desperation. When, you're, uh, when you have enough leisure time, to let your mind or or to focus on things that maybe you you want to you truly want to do then it's a choice you want to work th 
to an, an extra job? You want to pursue your own uh, small business? That was the other thing this person was saying. It's a small, many small businesses were started as side hustles. Uh, that's besides the point. Fine, you if you want to have start your business on the side, nobody's stopping you. But if we live in a country where the majority cannot f- save four hundred dollars, that's a problem, and it stifles innovation because you're desperate. You see, that's how Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Once you get those needs in order, you have a roof over your head, you have uh, food in your stomach, you have uh, the basic necessity clothing, the basic necessities of life, you're able to expand, you're able to have the time to pursue your entrepreneurial spirit. These people are a hindrance to everything that they purport to to love. But the point is, I can't give credit where credit is due on that, but this woman, Antonia Ferrara, she was on MSNBC, and she was discussing how disturbed she was that that Republicans are really, they're now an autocrat party. That's it. This is a full-on autocracy party now. And this is a warning. We're not being... uh, It's not an alarmist view. It is the truth. And we're in a very dangerous time. If we don't... If we allow the Republicans to get away with their with their uh, fascist takeover of the country, where it's not going to, uh, we're not going back anytime soon. Uh, if they get power again, you see, they're trying, you, you see what happened. They lost the midterms, they, they lost the Senate, and their, their response to it is to try to make it harder for people to vote. That's what autocrats do. And if they get power, they will do it. They will pull up the ladders behind them of, of us, uh, the ladders of democracy, of us being able to do anything about their, their autocratic takeover. But Antona, Antonia Ferrara was saying how, how alarmed she is about the Republican Party. It is no longer the party of whatever that she, she loves the party. She will always proclaim herself to be a Republican because she said, and I'm paraphrasing, the Democratic Party, I believe that the Democratic Party is dangerous and will do so much harm to this country. And it just, that was um, just something that she said, and they they moved on to, there was no challenge to that question. What are you talking about? It was. It hung in the room like um, she passed gas in polite company, and nobody and people went on uh, discuss just pretending they didn't hear it. Well, there you go again. Yet another example of the corporate media laying this, spreading fascist lies. So 
I, 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 I thought to myself when I got up and I turned on the television and I heard this, heard this interview, and then this woman was like, "The Democratic Party. I believe the Democratic Party is dangerous, and if we'll do, if if given a chance, we'll do so much harm to this country. That's why I want to take back the Republican Party from the fascists. Yeah, the Democrats are dangerous." So nobody asked her. Uh, Haley Jackson was the one interviewing her. They were having this conversation. It was just the two of them. Why wouldn't she say, excuse me, what are you talking about? The Dem agenda is dangerous? In what way? You got an example? You, you know how that drives me crazy. It happens all the time. I hope you've been paying attention when you watch corporate media. How they, you know, Rachel Maddow goes into it you sometimes at least that's good she gives you the backgrounder she gives you all kinds of references uh, i eyewitness testimony and with with uh corroboration you don't get that generally they let a republican on their airwaves to sp- millions of eyeballs watching and she says something like that the dem agenda is dangerous and not challenging that you see in my opinion that's what's dangerous not the dem agenda what's the dem agenda what medicare for all medicare for all isn't dangerous racist inspired insurrection that's dangerous you know what else? Well, what's dangerous is when Nancy Pelosi says uh, the American people need a Republican Party that's done so much good for this nation. That's another thing where shit is just spewn into the the American consciousness and conversation, and no one has any backup for it. What are you talking about, Nancy? What the hell have they done? Do you have an example of what they've done? What have they done? What? They, what, uh, allowed, did nothing when kids were murdered in school? They, what? What else? Illegal wars. They funneled more money into the arms of people who will never spend it in a thousand lifetimes. They promoted bullshit policies like supply-side economics, which is voodoo. Like, you know, this is the, a pattern with Republicans. You remember when Reagan proposed this bullshit supply-side economics? And they only say, oh, supply-side economics, because no one ever heard of anything like that. It's not economics. It's a tactic to funnel money and to, to, to change your economy. Because the, the working class was getting too uppity for the 1%, so they needed... It needed an adjustment. And how do, you don't go out there and say, you, hey, booby, you're getting too big for your britches. You don't know your place. Conservatism is fundamentally the, the ideology of autocracy. And the, so what we're going to do is we're going to put you boobies in your place by cutting you down to size. You need, you're not, you need to be... Um, economically insecure. You need to be desperate. When the American, when the working class isn't desperate and uh, shit's going awry, 
they uh, they you have too much time on your if you have too much time obviously you're if you have a job where you're uh you could just quit your job and get another job oh well you could say take this job and shove it that's too much power you have too much power over your betters and when your betters say we need a war of corporate aggression somewhere and you say hell no we won't go to this war because you're too uppity you have too much economic security you don't know your place now when you're when you are economically insecure you're desperate so you don't challenge your betters. You, you keep your head down and hope that uh, you don't get picked off. So that's where they have us now. It's not an accident that the productivity of the American worker is through the roof, and the uh, yet the American working class is getting lower and lower and lower on the ladder. That's a tactic. So, so is corporate media. Allowing people like the Dem agenda is dangerous, people who say that, without any examples, without any backup, without having to explain herself, and they just let it go. I believe the Dem agenda is dangerous. Well, how does that help? We just had a racist-inspired insurrection that was only possible because of the economic disparity in this country. Yes, the racist, white supremacist, incel morons were activated through their con man who tickled the fishes of disunity brought to us by Reaganomics and Clintonomics. They made it possible. If this country, if we were living in a country that had a, that had a functioning working class that was able to save money, go get a, earn a living wage, retire, go to a doctor when sick, like in most every other country, we, uh, I mean, that would, Twitler would never have risen to power. That's, it doesn't happen. You might have right-wing movements in countries. You always do because there are morons everywhere. And like I said, we don't have the corner market on morons. We just give these morons power because of the rigged-ass system. They're allowed to have too much power. And then you have the so-called opposition party that is just too damn, I don't know, nice? I, I don't know. It's It's got to be more than that. Some people, people just don't like confrontation, but come on. Come on, Nancy Pelosi, with this bullshit. If I have to hear another Democrat pine for the Republican party, forget it. And I did call Nancy Pelosi today. I called, and I said that, but whatever. We'll see if she she listens. (laughs) Will somebody listen to me, please? Please. Oh, wow. Thank you, Jim, of course, for your super chat. We got a lot of people in the chat room if you're on any other platform. Let's see. We got, yep, yep, yep. Jay Bird on Rockfin says both parties have the same donors, vote the same, and both work against the people. That's the truth. It is true. That's the problem. Money and politics. That's the root of all evil. This is a problem. 
But one party is at least, I mean, has, I believe there's hope in one. I have, I have conversations with other progressives that believe the democratic party is irredeemable like the Republican party. I don't feel that way. I believe that the, we have more of a shot to reform the democratic party. Obviously we got a lot of work to do, but and it begins, it really does begin with shows like this, I I believe. Otherwise, how do you keep the pressure on them? You have to get the word out. That's why random statements without backup, like the Dem agenda is dangerous, that's dangerous. That is what's dangerous. We're here to educate we inform and we bring the receipts. And when the Democratic Party deserves, you know, what we give them, they they also, uh, we're not, I mean, if you're new to the show, we're not um, blind to the problem. All right, Errol, thank you. Errol, for your super chat. Any Republic clown voter who says Trump remains as the, as the best since Reagan is twice as dumb as both of those clowns. Yes. And slow tree. Thank you so much. Take tr for your super chat in euros. I might add you lucky bastard. Take Trump to court immediately. I can't wait for the criminal investigations to follow. Oh well, yeah, it has to happen. And they are. Thankfully, and thank you, Haiku, for your super chat and all. And Haiku is also our moderator in the YouTube chat room. Hold on. Thank you, Terry Taylor, for your nice little heart. All right, let's say, let's say what's happening. Uh, yeah, the re we're in big trouble. Let's begin. There's many things I want to talk about. I want to talk about the fact that the Republican Party is the party of autocracy now. And this country is going the way of Turkey and Poland and other countries that are succumbing to autocracy. This is not... I mean, we don't have to go back in time to, 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 see, uh, to see an example and heed the warning. It's happening now. The Republicans have betrayed America and given a boost to the world's democracies. I mean, uh, the world's dictators. Simon Tisdale, this is from The Guardian. From September, from, oh, what? Not September, excuse me, just from uh, the other day. Trump never respected the Constitution, but the GOP did not have to follow him over the cliff. This is not even about Donald Trump anymore. It's about the Republican Party that has lost its way. Now, I will argue that this is their way. They have always been headed in this direction. Trump got them there sooner. Because, especially because they don't have, the Republican Party does no, no longer... Uh, obviously, we have two corporate-owned parties, but the, the Republicans don't 
they have enablers. I, in they, so you have these fascists enabling Twitler, and then the Democratic Party yeah, isn't... I mean, you have some that see them for what they are, but then you have the leadership like Nancy Pelosi giving, I mean, in one breath, Nancy Pelosi says, said during, during the Twitler administration, she's, she's saying he's an existential threat to the country. So let me, what, help him pass his agenda? She, whatever. Okay. Uh, let me see. Uh, it's about the Republican Party. It's about justice, common sense, and honor, and how they were trampled deep into the churned-up ground of Capitol Hill by a mob of liars and dissemblers who call themselves GOP senators. It's about how a nation most favored on Earth that cast itself as a shining light in enveloping darkness discovered it had a feet of clay and laws that did not stand. Just imagine how this latest impeachment travesty, which, despite its last-minute twists and turns, has resulted in an acquittal, is viewed in Pyongyang, Pai, Pai, how do you pronounce it? Pyongyang, Pyongyang, you know, North Korea. Minsk, Damascus, and other hangouts of dictators, autocrats, and war criminals. Myanmar's generals, universally reviled for this month's coup, might be forgiven for asking, why is your insurrection so much more excusable than ours? They have a point. Vladimir Putin struggling to get past the Navalny conspiracy and Black Sea Palace corruption scandal has been handled a lifeline by Ted Cruz and the rest, abetted by Trump's third-choice hack lawyers. See, they, they didn't need decent lawyers because the fix was in from the beginning he, did, he could have taken somebody out of the phone book off the tv that's why he has those the, those clowns michael vandervoop or whatever a clown an outright clown he was a personal injury lawyer you could see him on late night tv commercials he, that's the likes of who that lawyer He's somebody that represents the so-called president of the United... It was an embarrassment. But we're all supposed to pretend, I guess, that these Republicans are fit. They're not. Nancy Pelosi, get over it. They're not fit. And it didn't happen overnight. It wasn't taken over by a cult. It's always been this way. They have always been a greed-centered death cult. What's the unitary executive? Remember that? Karl Rove, the unitary executive, and um, Dick Cheney, unitary executive? That's what we were hearing back in the Bush administration. Meaning the executive, the president, is untouchable. The unitary executive theory. Here, this is in Wikipedia is a theory of United States constitutional law which holds that the President of the United States holds the power to control the entire executive branch. The doctrine is rooted in the Article 2 of the United States Constitution, which vests executive power in the U.S. 
president. Although that general principle is widely accepted, there is disagreement about the strength and scope of the doctrine. It can be said that some favor a strong, strongly unitary executive, while others favor a weakly unitary executive. Now, the whole unitary executive shit that Cheney and and the right and the Bush administration were talking about is they didn't want to answer. They didn't want it's like Reagan having alt extra judicial wars. And funding the Contras and after an express defiance to Congress. Because Congress declares war and Congress said, no, you cannot have a war. You cannot do this. And they did it anyway. That's why Ali North and the rest of those traitors were up uh, in front of Congress back in the day. When I was, uh, when I was young, I remember, didn't fully grasp what was going on. The um, everything was sh- being shredded. That's what Ali North did, shredding the 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 proof and lying under oath. So of course he became a hero to the right wingers. The unitary executive. That means a king. We have a king, and we don't have a king here, supposedly. But that's what they were talking about then, and then they wrap it in the veneer of legitimacy by calling it the unitary executive theory. Like the, um, well, like the originalism theory. What kind of shit is that? That's another bullshit that we get, uh, we get fed by corporate media and they legitimize it by, by even giving it the same credence as they would any other legitimate Wait a view. I mean, what, 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 what are you talking about? Unitary, exa- what are you talking about? And uh, not intelligent design. That's another one, but, um, originalism. What kind of, what? See, it's, they're full of crap. As far as, for example, Scalia during when he was alive. Now he's burning in hell. We know that. But when, you could go through Scalia's cases and find him on opposite sides of what uh, uh, using the same quotes from different whatever what the to justify whatever outcome the republicans wanted be it even overturning an election itself and then at the end of that Bush v Gore the the, the right-wing Supreme Court said this can this whatever we just did th- this um, overthrow of American democracy can never be cited by any other you can't use it as precedent and um, it can never be cited in any other legal case not to mention that recently Kavanaugh cited Bush v Gore and what happened? Nothing. Nothing. Even though the Supreme Court itself said we can you're it's not allowed. We're 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 doing this once. We're putting a president in the office cuz we're effing fascists. We don't give a shit about the American people. Vote schmote. 
Who cares? We're trying to turn the United States into the United States of serfs and lords, and we're well on our way. So we're not going to let a little thing like democracy or an election get in the way. So when Kavanaugh does that, and he cites this case that the Supreme Court said, yeah, that's the law of the land, right? That's the Supreme Court says you cannot cite this case, and Kavanaugh does it anyway. And everybody, nobody says anything. Now, what would happen if it was a, if Judge, uh, if Justice Ginsburg did something like that? Of course, there would be, uh, it would be condemned on both sides of the aisle. That's for sure. And it would never end. That's, uh, that's because being a Republican means never saying you're sorry. You could be a traitor. You could be an outright hypocrite. You could lie. You could be caught in these lies. You can make it up as you go. You can continue to wrap your bullshit around the veneer of whatever legitimate, whatever legitimacy you try. And, and everybody will go along with it. Like the corporate media. Why the corporate media goes along? The unitary executive theory. The corporate media could easily just condemn it for what it is. More, it was another power grab. At the time, we're too late now. Now we're into full-on autocratic takeover. We're there. Oh, yeah. We are there. Wait, hold on. I'll be right back. I don't know why I'm saying that, but... Because <laughs> we're not going anywhere. It's just a good... Where are? Where is everybody? But that's what Republicans are. Don't... Don't worry about it. Whatever they do... Uh, it will be, be accepted as sincere why why wouldn't the corporate media when they saw, talk about unitary executive theory see they uh, i could go through i wish i had the ability they have that nexus lexus nexus search we can go through and search old clips and whatnot in the media but i don't but anyway but they there's the corporate media well because they're run by billionaires and they pay these people millions of dollars to keep the huddled masses outside the gate. They, they could as they could easily, when discussing things like the unitary executive. I mean, they could put these dots together. You know what I mean? And I understand the way that they uh, that they have um, inflicted this autocratic takeover on this country i mean it didn't happen overnight they didn't come out well like all of the sudden we have a con man and a bunch of racist whites a bunch of white supremacists storming the capital on the orders of the con man and and his big lie but we, we it goes back reagan uh, George W. Bush being installed despite receiving fewer votes. 
all of their their bullshit, pretending that it's all it's for America. How can you be for something called the unitary executive and be pro-American and be pro-democracy? You're not. It should be alarmed. the the uh, The corporate media should have alarmed us then. They should. They should say, "What are you talking? What are you? What is this unitary executive? It sounds like you want a king, because that's what that is. You don't want checks and balances. That's what a unitary executive is. Just do what the f you want, without anybody, without any co-equal branch of government. That's republicanism. Of course it is. They don't have an interest in democracy. If they did." They wouldn't be trying right now all over the country in hundreds of jurisdictions trying to prevent people from voting. They're Here, let me look. Hold on. Let's see. I know this. I don't know the exact number. Republicans. Let's see. How would I look this up? Prevent voting? Let's see. Georgia GOP seeks to tighten voting rules after spate of losses. Yep. Well, that's just one article, but Trump is gone, but his dirty tricks live on. Yep. Let's see. Let's see, Republicans, let's see, suppress or voting laws. I just, because I just saw something that said something like hundreds of places all over the country, small jurisdictions, everywhere you look, they're trying to suppress the vote. Oh, yeah, here we are. Well, NPR, after 2020 record turnout, state Republicans making it harder to vote. After an election that saw record voter turnout with many of those voters casting their ballots early and by mail, some Republican state lawmakers are proposing a wave of new voting laws that would effectively make it more difficult to vote in future elections. The proposals come in an aftermath of unprecedented onslaught of disinformation about the conduct of the 2020 election. Some folks bring these proposals forward and say, well, we just need to address confidence in our election systems when it's some sort of those very same people, or at least their allies and enablers, who have denigrated our election system, either by telling lies or at least leveraging or relying on other people's lies to justify some of these policies, says Steve Simon, Minnesota's Democratic Secretary of State. A recent analysis by the Brennan Center for Justice found that 106 bills have been filed by Republican lawmakers in 28 states. That's what I meant, 106 bills. That's where I read. Hold on. That would restrict votings. Voting, uh, the group also found that 406 bills in 35 states that would expand voting access, but that's not, not coming from the Republicans. It's coming from the Democrats. Many of these bills would limit voting by mail. 
and add new voter ID requirements, making it more difficult to register voters and give states greater leeway to purge voter files if voters don't consistently cast ballots in every election. That's what they're trying to So if you miss one election for whatever reason, you're in the hospital, boom, off the rolls. That's how much they hate you. I hate them, but that's how much they hate America. And that what they do, they're, they will wrap it in the veneer of patriotism. Oh, well, if you need a ID to get a job, why don't you need one to vote? It's not about the ID. We've been voting by bio, our signature, making, that's how you, it's actually a more effective way and, and a more secure way of voting. There's only a problem when Republicans get involved and make the problem. They pretend, as always, just like they pretend to love America, they pretend they're 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 doing it to protect us all. From what? We need protection from them. And first and foremost, how? How do we protect ourselves from these fascists? This is how you do it. You get the word out. Otherwise, we're done. I'm telling you guys, you know it. It's the truth. The only way we will win, and we, well, we stick together, we win, yes. But it has, we have to coalesce around the progressive solutions that not only built the middle class, but will rebuild the middle class and ensure that a fascist takeover doesn't happen at least for another hundred years. Now they'll always try. Georgia sustained the brunt of Trump's efforts to overturn the election results, including direct pressure on top Republicans to erase Biden's vote whim. Democrats also went on to win close margins in the Senate runoffs, of course. If all the proposals announced by Republicans in the Georgia Senate last week became law, future elections in the rapidly changing state would look dramatically different. Well, that's why they want to change the laws. They lost. When all that's why, well, they, they, you know, the irony, not irony, they do it deliberately, devaluing truth. They, they have suppressed the vote. They have rigged the vote, gerrymandered the vote, kicked people off of the voting rolls and sown all kinds of bullshit about uh, illegals voting or dead people voting. Nobody voted like that. There is no widespread voter fraud. There's election fraud. There's things that we need to uh, ensure don't happen with electronic voting machines. That's why other countries don't use them. Because they're not especially unverifiable, unverifiable voting machines. So it, according to Republicans, you see illegals, quote unquote, they um, were paid to go and, and vote under somebody's, uh, under a dead person's name. It's a real, uh, real 
well-thought-out conspiracy, as if, as if that would happen. Anybody who's illegal, quote-unquote, they're staying far away from getting caught. And funny how when we do catch these voter fraud bastards, they're Republicans. Voted. This is what happened last time. Exactly. A Trump voter voted for his, uh, his dead mother. But this is why signatures are actually more effective in voting than voter ID. Because if you have an illegal, quote-unquote, who says, I'm voting under um, John Smith. I'm, a, I'm John Smith, and I'm here to vote. Well, here's, where's your signature? What, are you going to learn? You don't know what, how John Smith signed his voter ID card or voter, uh, I mean, the registration. It's worked. It does work, and they know it. That's the problem. And here's the thing. If it didn't work, you know what? Democrats would fix it. We would fix it. We would want to fix it. That's the thing. We're trying to have a more perfect union. We want to include Republicans. You hear? You, you hear Nancy Pelosi? She's trying. We've been trying to bring you along, kicking and screaming all the time, but we're trying. Enough, though. Enough. Where is everybody... What's going on? All right. What was I saying? Wait a minute. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Oh, yeah. Well, let me let me just read this. I don't know why. I got off on the voting, but we know. Uh, I'm talking about autocracy. En route to autocracy in America. We are. We're here, guys. Masha Gesson of The New Yorker concludes... She's a scholar in autocracy. She concludes that the United States, or not she, they, I think, um, excuse me, they are uh, non-binary. It's hard to remember everything. I know. know. I'm trying. We all all try. We're trying. So, Masha Gesson of the New Yorker concludes that the United States is in the first stage of an autocratic transformation. All right. So this is an an interview that was uh, was published in the Prospect in October. So Alexander Hefner interviewed Masha. So he starts: If the United States became an autocracy in recent years, when precisely do you think it happened? And the and Masha answers: Well, I don't think it did. In my book, I use the taxonomy proposed by a Hungarian political scientist named Mayaga, who has worked a lot on what has happened in Eastern Central Europe and developed an entire sort of set of terms and signs understanding these autocratic transformations. He proposes that there are three stages of autocratic transformation, autocratic attempt, autocratic breakthrough, and autocratic consolidation. 
they're pretty self-explanatory, but the defining characteristic of an autocratic attempt, what distinguishes it from the later stages is that it is still possible to reverse it through electoral means. According to that model, which I think is extremely useful for understanding what's going on here, we're in the autocratic attempt stage, at least until November, at least theor theoretically. So this was in October. More was yet to be revealed, obviously. That was an outright, overt, autocratic attempt. There is no getting around it. Twitler and his, and his racist army of dupes and the Republican Party that enabled, they attempted to overthrow this government, a democratically elected government. In another, uh, give it another couple of years, give it a couple of months, if it had, if they had the power to, clearly they let Twitler off the hook, but they're, they are ensuring, the Republican Party is ensuring that it will happen again. Giving Twitler a pass and then saying that they will support him. They're going to they're gonna support Don Jr. and uh, Eric Trump's bitch wife, whatever her filthy name. Oh, Lara. They're going to support, they are all full on with this autocratic takeover. Oh, and they're censuring those who voted for America. Now, we've, uh, meaning the Republicans who voted to impeach the con man who incited the murderous insurrection. Their entire ideology is laid bare. They're full of shit, Republicans. They have always been. I've been saying this for years. Republican Party is the, uh, they're the enemies, the domestic enemies the founders warned us about and that I took an oath when I was in the National Guard to defend this country against. There's, that's who they are. That's them. They, how? How do we know? I'm not just being, it's not just alarmist. They, they, unleashed an insurrection on the country. They tried to murder the chain of command. Then they would have. You don't build a gallows outside a peaceful protest. One that's... The, uh, this, uh, <laughs> I can't talk. One where they, the morons are chanting, hang Mike Pence. We have their words coming out of their own mouth saying we would put a bullet in Nancy Pelosi's brain. People were killed, including a cop, the same ones who are all about blue lives, right? But they're only about that when the blue lives who supposedly matter to these fascists, when they're assaulting... The, the patriots, the actual patriots who are working for and standing up for a more perfect union. Then they're all, that's what it's about. Law and order. I am your president of law. We, we heard those videos during the impeachment. The, the, I am your president of law and order. Then why are you um, getting away, letting the, then, then why are you sending a mob to kill cops? 
to battle cops. I mean, how effing disgusting are these effing Republicans? For over four hours, the Capitol Police fended off the mob that wanted to murder them, the, uh, the Senate and the Congress people. For over four effing hours, these cops were under assault, being attacked, mutilated, injured, and killed. And these filthy fascist bastards let, them, let the insurrectionists get away with it. And all over the country... The local Republican Party are censuring the the people who stood up to it, who believe, who saw their their own eyes, who experienced the autocratic attempt, and stood up for America, and they're being censured. That's not that's not an accident. That's, That says everything I've been saying here for years now. They're the enemies of the people, Republicans. You don't send a mob, an unhinged mob, based on a big lie to stop the vote and to try to kill your chain of command and to desecrate the Capitol. And just walk out scot-free. I mean, it's the whole thing is abhorrent. And these filthy bastards are fanning out all over the corporate media to say, oh, let's move on. And the real problem here is Mitch McConnell. Yeah, he's a problem because he's the grave digger of American democracy. He helped F this country and turn it into uh, a ripe for the autocratic takeover because he's one of them who wants his cake and eats it too, that, to criticize Twitler. And there, and Lindsey Graham is all over Fox News talking about this is Trump's party. This is, this is an autocrat party. That's it. The Republican Party is dead. They're as dead as the 475,000 Americans they made prematurely dead. Thanks to their ineptitude on COVID and everything else that they touch. They suck. And now they, they are tu- they, they're, they're <laughs> making dead the country, the, the democratic system. So, in this article, or this interview, you Hefner asks, do you believe, oh wait, you do believe that tr- should Trump be reelected, it could be irreversibly in an, in, in an autocratic condition? Guesson responds, irreversibly depends on the amount of time you're talking about, but yes, it would do extreme damage to our system of governance and the fabric of our society. Well, here we are. They attempted it, and they attempted it again. They attempted the big lie, went on and on and on. He, he tried every legal s- s- avenue, which I don't agree. First of all, the, everyone, even the Democrats, uh, he should have, he had every right. Do you really have every right 
to continuously try to go to it, the reason he went to over 60 courts and the Republicans are lying about that. Oh, they were thrown out on standing. That's not true. They weren't thrown out on standing. They were thrown out on the merits. That's why they were thrown out with prejudice. They didn't say, go come back and give me some somebody with standing. That's what happens in those circumstances. They go, go, oh, go. And they would dismiss the case and allow them to re to refile. But all over the country, these cases were dismissed with prejudice. And that's not because of standing. It's because they were full of shit. That's why. They said, get the fuck out of here with this shit. That's really the legal, uh, that's the layman's term for what happened. They were like, get the fuck out of here with this. And don't come back. And, of course, the Republicans get to go on their fascist propaganda channels and say, oh, it's standing. Lying. Again. Everything is a lie with these filthy fascists. But that's a tactic. This is why I'm telling you, for years, I've been screaming about the media, the media, the corporate media, the the consolidation of media, the Telecommunications Act brought to us by Bill Clinton, gave us this everything didn't it didn't happen overnight it's all connected it's all related back in the day when bill clinton signed the telecommunications act i was in school in communications school and we were discussing it and we're saying how how dangerous it was what where it would take this country and here we are. We said it would ensure that only the rich would have a voice. It would stifle the American worker, that's for sure. It would, we, it would be dangerous because you have cr- cross-ownership of military, of arms manufacturers, for example, also owning media, giant media platforms that could have cross-ownership from uh, not just TV. They can own now, thanks to the Telecommunications Act, they can own radios and newspapers in the same market. And, of course, somebody who wants to hype up a war because it's good for their bottom line, we... We see it. We, we've we lived through it. We're living in it. They're not going to stand up and say the real problem here is that the American people are living check to check. And how did this happen? It's, uh, I mean, the whole thing. It's like we are being hit with the perfect storm for autocracy. It's been heading here my entire life. So, okay. Guess on continues. Let's see. Uh, Even if he kept going at the same pace, consider the amount of damage that has been done to both our institutions, the packing of the courts, which is done perfectly legally, 
But the contrast with norms and the culture of the courts is one of the things that were not done legally, such as the blatant corruption, the blatant use of the office of the president for profiteering and systematic destruction of the system of checks and balances, like the unitary executive. Which I mean, right? Really? Well, there's no consequences, too, like for them using the office of the presidency for profiteering like Ivanka Trump and Twitler himself sitting there on the resolute desk with Goya cans. Just completely denigrating the office on every level. I, I wouldn't have been surprised if you brought in a bunch of strippers to let them all sit on the desk. And he's like, hey, you would see him with his thumbs up. That's what they do. Look at me. Thumbs up. Sick. And then you'd have, of course, Lindsey Graham in there. Well, he's he's got the right to, to bring in anybody that he wants if he wants to bring in. Sex workers, good for him. I mean, he's the president. He's a... He certainly is his own man. He's not. Nobody ever said he was perfect, except he's per his golf game is perfect. Oh sure. Then they ask uh, Mitch McConnell. Oh, I didn't see it. They're so. The they're beyond coward. I don't know how they look at themselves. How they think. They really do they really think they're patriots? Does Lindsey Graham think he's a patriot? How do you live if you're a Lindsey Graham? How do you keep living and looking yourself in the mirror? If you're a if you're a Lindsey Graham. Right? You're you're in the closet. Every everything about you is bullshit. You're a scumbag. You, you're, you pretend. Remember him, that pretend buddy relationship between him and John McCain? We had to listen to that shit for years. Oh, the two, uh, the two amigos, the three amigos, whatever. Who, who was the third one? They called themselves the three amigos. Fuck you. Lindsey Graham and his good friend. John McCain, who has, please, sucks too, but it's, and then he's suckling, Lindsey Graham suckling the con man who couldn't, couldn't stand John McCain, had to get the S, the uh, USS John McCain had to turn around so Twitler couldn't see it, see the name. God. And then he's lying about it all. Just a liar. That's a Lindsey Graham. Uh, that's his life. He goes on Fox News. He pretends that he's not a closet case. And he lies for a con man. A fascist con man who is destroying the American experiment. How do you live and look at yourself in the mirror? Lindsey Graham. I mean, that goes to show you the depth 
of, I guess, human denial or something. What he considers self-preservation. But it's like, it's look at every decline of a republic. It, you need to have willing enablers. And we have, we, we are not at a loss for that. We have a lot of enablers, willing and eager enablers. Seriously. And they're not, that's what they're so, they're such cowards. I mean, Nancy Pelosi was right in that when she went, went out and lambasted the Republicans after, well, she lambasted Mitch McConnell after his, his sickening speech. Now is the time for uh, justice. Mr. Trump didn't get away with anything. No thanks to you, Lindsay and uh, Mitch, Moscow Mitch. Really does make you wonder what uh, does Putin have on the on these filthy fascist republicans? What does he have on them? Mm, mm, mm. So, let's see. Uh, Guess on continues. We have already normalized an extraordinary amount of what's happened. Part of it is uh, what you were is that we are desensitized. By the way, Trump floods the information sphere with nonsense. Hateful nonsense, ridiculous nonsense, and lies. Lots of shiny objects and lots of not too terribly shiny objects. But part of it is we do get used to things. It's part of human nature. You wake up in the morning, you realize that you're still around, the sun still came up. Maybe this is not the apocalypse yet. Maybe the apocalypse isn't coming until tomorrow, right? I'll give you a quick example. During the impeachment hearings, the, the first one she's referring to, Stanford law professor Pam Carlin gave this example to explain why Ukraine was an example of abusive power. She said, imagine if, I'm paraphrasing, uh, imagine if the president threatened to withhold federal disaster funding from a state if they didn't do a political favor for him. She was using it as an obvious hypothetical to, uh, because it was obvious to her in, I think it was November of last year, that we would all realize that this is an untenable and uh, grounds for impeachment. Fast forward half a year. We see the president, the president systematically withholding to th- or threatening to withhold this federal disaster funding connected to the coronavirus pandemic from states that don't do things according to his liking. Well, the uh, interviewer says, this is peak autocracy, peak criminality, peak immorality. You almost wonder if it is at at a level of malice that's even more than some of the European autocracy or Eastern European autocracies, the denial of services to blue states or blue cities. 
She respond. They respond. It is actually not dissimilar from the way other autocrats work. Again, try to think back four years ago, the 2016 campaign, when Trump was already the nominee and everyone was convinced that he couldn't possibly win because, of course, it couldn't possibly happen here. He was a buffoon, and he is actually, and he was uh, actually clearing an aspiring autocrat. And it couldn't be. Oh, clearly, excuse me, I, I read that incorrectly. He was clearly an inspiring autocrat, and that couldn't be. And the United States believed itself to be exempt from the global wave of autocracy. That there were lots of arguments for why we should be exempt, in addition to the almost religious belief in American so-called exceptionalism. But there was the argument that American institutions are extremely strong, that we have this very strong democratic culture, and look how well it has held up under Trump. Yes, we've done better than perhaps Russia, which had an extremely weak democratic institutions. But actually, if you look at the timeline, I'm not convinced. There are certain things that... Putin did super fast. He took over the entire television universe of Russia within a year. He was controlling it, as all autocrats do, by the way, and we know that, which is why support the liberal media, but also that's why Trump, because he couldn't take over everything completely, he had to devalue truth. But uh, outright say don't believe what you're seeing what you're seeing and what you're hearing is not true I will tell you what to believe he actually literally said that to his supporters they should have all run f like hell but in every republican chest beats the heart of fascism and they they, they, they actually responded to it oh my big daddy is here to save me from the scary, complex world of others who don't know their place. I, so Masha Gesson continues, I, I would argue that Trump is controlling the information sphere. This is a term that's proposed um, by, my, this is the, the person they referred to earlier my, uh, from Ukraine. But you know, it's more useful to look at Central Europe which does have on the European level very strong and recently designed democratic institutions, democratic norms, which Viktor Orban has been able to use to his great benefit. He's had the European Union basically finance his autocracy. In that comparison, the United States doesn't fare very well. In some ways, our institutions have actually crumbled faster. While we can certainly see many, many examples of the judiciary and the civil society standing up to Trump, I would argue that it's not actually where we should be shining the spotlight. Necessarily. Well, that was the end of the article. I wish they were... I wish they would have explained more, but... Yeah. The, uh, Marsha Gesson is not the only one talking about en route to autocracy in America. For example, here in The Guardian, Simon Tisdale, 
right? Just imagine how this latest impeachment travesty, which despite its last-minute twists and turns, resulted in a, in acquittal. How it's viewed in Minsk, Damascus, and other hangouts of dictators, autocrats, and criminals. We know about China's rise, but America's fall. Trump never respected the U.S. Constitution. His second impeachment was a mockery of that hollow text. Ironically, he claimed it was unconstitutional. Yet the Senate Republicans did not have to follow him over the cliff. Where do they go from here? Who knows? It's about them now. The Senate, the GOP leaders, they are discredited beyond redemption. With a handful of exceptions, they abandon their sworn duty. They should all be impeached, too, except they would acquit themselves. And they have, and they are. And we're going here. We, we, we've been hearing it already. Let's move on. This isn't unity. And, of course, I'm already up to my eyeballs with Joe Biden isn't unifying us. Well, unifying us what? Around what? Fascism? Autocracy? For example, I don't know if you guys saw. Yeah, let me see this. Well, I'm just looking at Twitter to see. Nancy Pelosi announces plans for independent 9-11 style commission on the deadly Capitol riot. Good. But... And the, oh, yeah, I forgot. It is President's Day. <laughs> yes, President's Day. The press is the enemy. The establishment is the enemy. The professor's on the enemy. This is a, a quote from Richard Nixon. The press is the enemy. The press is the enemy. The press is the enemy. The establishment is the enemy. The professors are the enemy. The professors are the enemy. Write that on the blackboard a hundred times and never forget it. See, like I've said, Republicans are the enemy of the people. They, we didn't get here overnight. Oh, my God. I want to vomit. I just looked at Twitter. Best president ever is trending. Look. I, look at this. Oh, my God. Look at this fucking person posted this. Happy President's Day, you... You... Oh. This son of a bitch. Oh, my God. Somebody help me. You hear this, guys? Do you see this? For those on the podcast, it is that vile, ugly image of tw Twitler. This is during the pandemic. I think at the time, 250,000, 300,000 were dead. And this prick is dancing was dancing unbelievable all right that's just the music for my own let me lower it a little and while the music is playing thank you haiku for your other super chat a second super chat who's what andrea Hello, Andrea on the chat. Trolls? Who's a troll? We got trolls? 
This is me coming late to the chat, not knowing what you're talking about. Bum, 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 bum. Hold on, I got something in my eye. I mean, on my glasses, which are my eyes, really. I used to be able to see. Sucks getting old. Oh, see, I can see you again. All right. I don't, uh, I don't know if you guys saw. How would I know that? But one of the things, it's, it's all related, but the Kellyanne Conway, was, well, she wasn't on American Idol. Her daughter was on American Idol. And, oh, wait, where is it? Hold on. Where's my program? Here we go. Boom, boom, bum, 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 bum. Oh, what? What did I read? Who's a troll? Who's a troll? Masha Gesson is a troll? Oh, well, first, I just want to say that before I get into Kellyanne Conway, you guys know that the QAnon supporters think that Trump is returning in March. On the eve of the second impeachment, <laughs> this was, it still have, they think that, well, it's not on the eve, on the aftermath of the second impeachment. They, they the youngest, let me see this, on, mo on Monday, federal prosecutors charged the youngest suspect in the riot, 18-year-old man from Georgia, involved, he is a QAnon believer. This comes as some QAnon followers are saying that former Tr President Trump will actually be sworn back into office in a matter of weeks. The conspiracy theory had convinced some that Trump supporters, uh, Trump, 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 why can't I talk? Some Trump supporters that Biden was not going to be inaugurated. It's like these cultists who think the end of the world is coming and when it doesn't happen on a certain day, they adjust. We've seen this so many times. They should be out where with placards. The end is near. The last president to be sworn in before the law passes was Ulysses S. Grant on March 4th. It is the latest bizarre conspiracy that Trump will be president again in March. Made by former QAnon believer Ashley Vanderbilt realized the whole thing is a fraud. Vanderbilt said... It doesn't make sense that all of this is happening. And then all of the sudden, Trump is going to come back on March 4th and do what? And it's all going to change? Like, it doesn't seem right. I guess that's what started it. But I just kind of had a little doubt. Jesus Christ. But while Ashley was able to get out, Others are still clinging on to QAnon. God, what is wrong with people? It's amazing how many stupid people there are. That's what gets me depressed most of all, knowing that I share the same air with morons, with so many morons, who don't know enough to just shut up. Right? But they find each other. Legion. 
and they get together and they encourage the stupidity of each other. For what? That's what's so sickening too. You're not, who are you rallying around? Right? You're not rallying around anybody who's worthy. And if you were, if there was somebody worthy, of course, it wouldn't inspire mobs like this. They would be, they would be normal people, right? It would be a normal appreciation. It's not like, it's like Bernie people. I went to see Bernie numerous times speak whenever he came to town. And because I was a big supporter, I got invited to some private whatever's meetings of the big supporters, meaning I gave whatever I gave consistently to Bernie. So I got invited. He did a speech at town hall and I went, but there was nobody, nobody was fainting in the aisles. Nobody was, we, and we knew what Bernie stood for. And that's what it was about. Not a That's the other thing that drives me insane. This is what I hear on corporate media too. How, um, when they go for left, right, the the whole left right bullshit, both sides. Well, Bernie had his cult followers too. Bullshit. I was in the Bernie camp. Went to many Bernie meetings. I phone banked for Bernie. I knocked on doors for Bernie. Went to Bernie meetings. There was no cult going on. We were talking about universal health care. We were talking about taxing the rich at Eisenhower's top marginal rate. That's what we were talking We weren't like, Bernie! It was, we appreciated Bernie for his lifetime of service and the fact that you can go back through his life and not have to apologize for him having to evolve. But... As as seen in the fact that when Bernie, like, for example, in 2016, Bernie said, now I want you to vote for Hillary. People aren't like, yes, Bernie, you're right. Some people, I mean, I did vote for Hillary, but some people were like, no, F you. It wasn't about Bernie. It's about the policies. But, of course, corporate media doesn't want to get that out because corporate media has a vested interest in denigrating the movement to to have a more perfect union that's really the bottom line because that includes taxing the rich regulating the media yet again that's all yes tara jr jr is here tara i gotta get it a, a theme song for tara jr jr tara jr jr is here Tara Jr. Jr. is here. Take it away, Jr. That was your cue, Jr. Tara Jr. Jr., are you here? <laughs> what do you think? Why? Tara Jr. Jr., why are there so many dum-dums here in America? Hello, I'm talking to you. Hello. How many stupid people are there? 
Tara Jr. Jr., can you help us with that? Tara Jr. Jr., what do you think? You could let us in on some of that thinking you're doing. Tara Jr. Jr., ladies and gentlemen. He's here. He's queer. Get used to it. All right, let me move this. Whoops, I almost spilled my coffee. Let me move. I'm trying to move the keyboard so Tara Jr. Jr. can lay down in front of me without obstructing the keyboard. Sit. Lay down. Or not. <laughs> he doesn't listen to me. What? All right, honey. People on the podcast are like, what kind of show is this? It's a good show. It's your best show ever. Look at him. Don't you love him? Isn't he good? Look at him. Look at the cat. It's so much better, right? If this was a functioning society, wouldn't it be better just to have a show about cats? Right, Tara Jr. Jr.? Let me, let's listen to Tara's. Can you purr for everybody? Oh. oh, you sorry, sorry. He don't like that. I'm sorry. Hold on. Hold on. He's very vocal. Here. Say something to the people. No. He's pushing. He don't want. He don't want. All right. I'm sorry. He doesn't like to be treated like the, uh, nothing but a purr machine. He's not a machine. He's a person. I'm not even talking into the microphone anymore. <laughs> this is where the show has gone. <laughs> I'm just going off cat crazy. I, I, you know what it is? I'm, uh, I needed it. I needed that. I felt my blood pressure rising. So my emotional support cat came by and said, now I feel better. Okay. I do. I really rarely do. I'd feel a lot better if we got more patrons, but what are you going to do? All right. Tara, you're either going to sit down. Sit. Lay down. Lay down. Lay down. I'm pushing on him. Get down. All right. Good. You stay right there. You stay right there, buddy. See? Look. See? There he is. <laughs> You stay right there. All right. Look at him. Oh, you want to? That's like that, is it? Look, I, now I need my hand, though. I need her. Sit. All right, honey. Nobody wants... This is going to get old very quick. All right, let's talk about Kellyanne Conway. That'll get me incensed. So what? That's not whatever. Kellyanne Conway's daughter was on American Idol. All right, I need my hand, please. But we've seen the videos of Kellyanne Conway's daughter. We've seen the videos of Kellyanne Conway abusing her daughter, 
But we've more importantly, well, not more importantly, but importantly as well, is we've seen Kellyanne Conway. There is no, uh, of all the cast of ghouls and haints and taints and freaks and geeks and greed-centered fascist ghosts of the Gilded Age monsters infesting the Trump administration, turning this country into an autocracy, Kellyanne Conway will be remembered as one of the most scummiest. She's a, I was going to say, she's a fascist. She's not a feminist. She's part of the problem. She undermined truth. Well, here, right here for the Washington Post. Kellyanne Conway undermined truth like no other like no other Trump official, and journalists enabled her. Margaret Sullivan. This is written in August. Among the many appalling scenes in the many tell-all books written from the insider Trump administration perspective, one in particular spoke volumes about Kellyanne Conway. Former White House aide Cliff Sims wrote in Team of Vipers, that he once sat down in the West Wing at the personal laptop of the president's senior advisor at her direction to compose a press statement. But Kellyanne Conway's text messages were tied, as you know if you have a Mac, tied to both her phone and her personal computer. Sims kept getting distracted by the nonstop stream of messages popping up on the screen. Over the course of 20 minutes or so, she was having simultaneous conversations with no fewer than half a dozen reporters, most of them from outlets the White House frequently trashed for publishing so-called fake news. As I sat there trying to type, she bashed Jared Kushner, Rens Priebus, Steve Bannon, and Sean Spicer, and talked about Trump like a child she had to set straight. After the book was published, Kellyanne Conway said the idea that she was viciously critical and she was a leaker was a pure lie that she was, that was the furthest thing, that she was the furthest thing from a backstabber. That's what it means to work in the Trump administration. You're a backstabber. It's the Heathers, Right. While it's rare, I prefer to knife people in the front. <laughs> oh, Kelly, you're not knifing anybody. You might be knifing the American experiment. I prefer to knife people from the front. No, I guess you prefer to, to be a self-serving sycophant the likes of which nobody's ever seen, to quote your, your con man. Leaking and lying, leaking and lying, it's been the Kellyanne way, and the news media has largely gone along for the ride. Giving her airtime on news shows, failing to forcibly call her out for her continued violations of the Hatch Act, and offering kid glove treatment in exchange for her insider information. Perhaps more than any other Trump official, she has undermined the entire notion that truthful information should be expected from the White House and that public officials at the highest level should be held accountable for their words and their deeds. 
She has been an innovator in shamelessness, a true entrepreneurial spirit. And that is saying something in this group, says Jack Holmes from um, Esquire's political editor. Now that Conway scheduled to speak as part of the Republican convention, this was a few months ago, this article, is finally on her way out. She can start, we can start to get a full picture on what her dire influence has been. It was all quite plain from the beginning. In January 2017, she uttered the instant classic phrase, well, also the fascist phrase, alternative facts, in an interview with Chuck Todd. She blithely defended the indefensible. White House spokesman Sean Spicer's pitiful insistence against all evidence that Trump's inauguration crowd was the biggest ever, period. If you're saying it's a falsehood and they're giving our press secretary, Sean Spicer, gave alternative facts to that, she said. She also told Todd she'd been, oh, he'd been overly dramatic to push back on the falsehood about the inauguration crowd. Well, that was where we all began. Remember when we were young? Nearly two years later, she had become an even bolder, uh, even bolder about her deceptions in an on-air wrangle with CNN's Chris Cuomo. She denied the known facts about the pre-election hush money payments to two women, Karen McDougal and Stormy Daniels, who'd been sexually involved with Trump. I don't know if Stormy would consider it being sexually involved. She might consider it akin to a pap smear. Who knows? Christopher, in April of 2018, Donald J. Trump, the pre- oh, this is what she said to Chris Cuomo. She called him Christopher because she's a bitch. A condescending fascist, uh, the likes of Ilsa of the SS. If this were, rem- remember guys, if this were 1935 Germany, we know which side Kellyanne Conway would be on. She wouldn't be on the, she would be a, a brown shirt. Of course, she'd be in the Hitler, Hitler Women's League. She'd be on uh, giving interviews in the press about how women in the Third Reich need to be as fruitful as, uh, as uh, you know, everyone needed to have as many babies as possible for Hitler's uh, war machine. You know that's what she would do. And if you asked about all those disappearances in the middle of the night, of course, you would be disappeared too instantaneously. Christopher, she said in April of 2018, Donald J. Trump, the president, and everyone else were told about the payments. Christopher, you son of a bitch. Conway said, a a straight-up lie. Since an audio recording from August 2016 made public months earlier showed Trump and his then-fixer Michael Cohen discussing the payments, yet she kept being invited on air. She continued being a key source for reporters and smoothed her way through every problem. Thank God the the White House correspondence dinner is over, so I don't have to... Oh, wait, wait, wait. I'm using the wrong voice here. So I don't have to see reporters drinking with Kellyanne. 
one astute media observer told me recently. Oh, my God. Exactly. This is part of the problem of this country and part of the problem of people like Chuck, Chuck Todd. They smooth with the very people they're supposed to be reporting on. It should be clearly unacceptable. Worse, though, were her repeated violations of the Hatch Act, which prohibits government officials from politically, uh, from political activity while serving in official roles. Conway got away with it, as Republicans do. No rules re- apply to them. That's what it means to be a Republican. Never saying you're sorry. And then if there is justice, then they claim they're being picked on. So in, in, uh, she, she said Conway got away with it, disingenuously referring to effort, efforts to call it out as violations of her free speech, not laws preventing corruption, protecting the democratic experiment. That's what it's all about. But these fascist bastards, and as when we're talking about the decline of the Roman Republic, every line that's crossed is you never go back. Once it's too late. Now we've crossed the line of insurrection. And not less than, a, what is it, a month now? It's been a, about a month since the insurrectionists stormed the Capitol and killed Capitol Police. And the Capitol Police, could you imagine, let me, this is just an aside from the Kellyanne Conway story, but could you imagine you work, if you're one of the Capitol Police officers, and I was thinking about this, if I was one of these police officers and I spe- I risked my life, I put my life on the line, I'm suffering with injuries uh, uh, and mental injuries that are going to last a lifetime from, from the trauma that occurred that day on January 6th, and these bastard republicans don't even have the courage to convict the son of a bitch that sent the mob because they're complicit that's why and then you got to go to work and protect these people and they'll say good morning good morning whatever your name, or even if they even do acknowledge your existence. Oh, well, actually, here, this was on, uh, Eric Swallow mentioned that. Talk to them, you know, who are around the president or our Republican House members. And he said, I can't say everything he said on the air, but he said, I hope they would at least have the same courage that we had when we were out there in hand-to-hand combat defending the Capitol. And we weren't asking these, you know, members or people around the vice president or President Trump to show the same courage that those officers showed. We just were asking them to live up to their their oath and their duty. And and many of them failed the test. Thankfully, our law enforcement uh, did not. Right. I hope they have the same courage. Oh, no. Are you kidding me? And then you got to continue to protect them. But they wouldn't give you the time of day to protect. What are you protecting then? Capitol Police. No wonder. You know, what's so sad on top of everything else 
This is the Capitol Police officers who committed suicide after this horrible day. What trauma are they suffering from? And then they took their own lives? And these Republicans have... They don't give a shit. Whether they kill themselves, or who knows, whatever. Whether they die of COVID. Oh, well. Whether you die needlessly without health care or from whatever, one form of death by despair or another that these Republicans cultivate makes no difference to them. It's not about democracy, e pluribus unum. Caring about your fellow American? Obviously. Caring about your fellow American is... I guess that's weak. They consider that weak. Ugh. Sickening. And, well, the reason we're talking about the Kellyanne Conway thing is... Well, well, it's another example of the corporate media. We just had an insurrection brought to us by these pricks. And now here, here comes the corporate media to rehab them. Just like Nancy Pelosi rehabs the whole Republican Party, pining for them. Oh, please, be- the American people really need the Republican Party that's done so so much good for America. Oh no, and I will never I'm never going to I'm never going to uh not talk about that, please. Until Nancy Pelosi stops with that shit and then apologizes for it. How about she bring it up and just say, "I'm sorry. I don't know what I was thinking." I'm out of my mind. Pining for the... Yeah, that's what you want, right? The American people need a Republican Party that's done so much good for this country. What? Good? I can't stand it. Please, somebody explain. What good is she talking about? What? done so much good yes uh that's what i want as a democrat as somebody who's oh fighting for the american people i want my fascist enemy to be strong that's what you want right as a patriot fighting fascism fighting a mob that just overran that incited a mob that overran the capital and you got another type of mob in there every single day these fascists, the ones who are trying to go around the, uh, the, the, the electric, um, you know, the gun metal detectors. Well, I, I can't even think. The, the gun, the, it's not just gun, the metal detectors. The one, those ones. The ones who are threatening other members. Saying, I'm going to Congress. Nancy, uh, no, uh, the squad's worst nightmare with a, with a gun, an automatic weapon. F you. Oh, yes, we need, the American people need that to be strong because they've done so much good for this country. I wouldn't know what, though. Nobody ever says what good. Jesus Christ. Really? And then the American Idol rehabs 
one of one of the major players. It's like getting, let's uh, it's like having well all of them just like dancing with the stars has these fashions on there. Everyone in this country, all of the one percent, the corporate media, and that of course it includes the entertainment wing of the corporate media, that they're having having the likes of Sean Spicer. And uh, what's that other one? The the Texas governor guy dancing with the stars on there. And now Kellyanne, Con- I mean, it's, yes, her daughter. Yeah, let her daughter go on there. But they had to do that whole segment. Let's see if I can find it. Kellyanne. Con- of where she's like, I passed. I'm through. I got through. And remember when I just posted this TikTok video of you abusing me? Now, I'm through. And she's on that. Wow! Let me see. Kellyanne Conway, American Idol. You might ask why I didn't prepare this before. I don't know. I'm asking myself the same question now. <laughs> Someone just tweeted, has Fox News blamed the blizzard on Antifa yet? <laughs> Jay Rowling. That's funny. Who is that person? Because there's a winter storm for the for clarification, there's a winter storm in Texas. Isn't that weird? I wonder why. Oh, yes. Ted Cruz. What? Sean Spicer dancing with the sc- stars. Dan- should be dancing with the scars. <laughs> really? All the scars they created in this country. How come I can't find the fucking video? I f- saw it. Don't know why I couldn't find it. Oh, here it is. Oh, here it is. I found it. For reference, let's see. Okay. Where is Matt? Where is this? Here we go. Rewind. Let me see. Do that. What? I thought you hated Hollywood. Hollywood liberals. I thought they hated Hollywood. You're going to Holly. She's almost like a real normal person who's not a fascist, not a lying fascist traitor. Isn't it weird? You're going to Hollywood, that place I call filled with disgusting liberals and Jews who are controlling the world. Hollywood, remember that video at the sit wherever I went at the Trump rally where I said the Jews are controlling the world. 
You're going to that place where the Jews are controlling the world and government to sell out the average white asshole who will have his racist tickle, his racist funny bone tickled at Hollywood, and we will set them apart and set them on the Capitol, but. You don't want to go to Hollywood. There's a lot of Jews in Hollywood. And they control, those are the elite, quote unquote, that are flanking Nancy Pelosi and controlling the, the Congress against the white people who want to take their country back from Hollywood. Oh, hi, Tara Jr. <laughs> people are turning out. Tara Jr.'s here. We love you so much. We are really proud of you. Love you. I love you. You poor bastard. I love you. I love you, Tara Jr. Jr. If I ever went on American Idol, Tara Jr. Jr., would you call me? You would never sell out your... Well, that's one thing we can know for sure. Tara Jr. Jr. would never sell out his country and violate the Hatch Act. Hollywood. What do you want? What are you saying? In Speak English. I've been trying to teach you. Unbe-be-ba-boo. Yes, so American Idol. Another example. Do we, uh, I mean, really, do we need... The corporate media to rehab these fascist bastards. That's what they're doing. So you can all day for years turn this country into a smoldering ruin. And no, don't have to worry about it. Can't we all just get along? There's no, there's no repercussions. There's nothing. There's no accountability. There's no responsibility. The party of personal responsibility no one will ever make them take responsibility. Because you know why? Because they. the other thing is not only are the elites who own the big media companies, they, they, their bottom line is they don't want to be called mean to conservatives. Conservatives have, uh, they have effectively made themselves into the professional victims in this country. That's why everything has to be, well, both sides. One side did that, and both sides did this, and one side has a deadly insurrection, the other side doesn't, so they're the same. One side is a real threat that the FBI says is the number one threat against the American people, the other side has an ideology that is the same, right? It's meaning that we have to point to something. One side has loonies like Marjorie Taylor Greene, and the other side has loonies too, like AOC, right? She's loony, right? She's loony too. She wants, um, I don't know, isn't that crazy? She wa wants something that the other countries that every other country has by right of citizenship than decades ago. Universal health care. That's crazy. She wants things like Looney Tunes, like uh, Eisenhower's 
And FDR's top marginal tax rate. Cuckoo, cuckoo, cuckoo. Marjorie Taylor Greene has uh, Jewish space lasers. AOC wants universal health care. They're the, aren't they the same? Loonies. God help me. My name is Tara Devlin. What are you, what? I don't know. Become a patron at patreon.com slash Tara Devlin. And please. Yeah, that's just for me to keep track. Let's see. Who's on Rockfin? I see your endless criticism of the right and see none of that towards the dirty Dems. Okay, I see a pattern developing on Rockfin. The Democratic Party is king of authoritarianism. Both parties suck. Wake up. The Democrats suck as well. I'm going not to watch your channel if you keep tweeting the Democrat bullshit. <laughs> Whatever. Do what you want, my friends. I'm not tweeting anything. We're talking about the autocratic takeover of this country. And if you think that we sit here tooting Democratic bullshit, one party doesn't suck uh, as completely as the other party. One party is a fascist, autocratic, greed-centered death cult. The other party is kind of not completely a greed-centered death cult. No, they're not. Both sides, my ass. Then kiss both sides of my ass and go. What what can I say? I'm not going to watch your channel. Okay, Michael Sparks, I'll do... Let me. What do you want me to say, Michael Sparks? Send me your talking points. And we can... I'll make sure both... Uh, I mean, we will, we'll give credit where credit's due. Both sides are not the same. One side, yes, they're both sold out by corporate money. I, I see this as a pattern on Rockfin. They want, I don't know what it, I guess it's the Jimmy Dore crowd. Should I say, oh, wow, the, what do you call it? The uh, the Proud Boy guy, what, he really wants, he's, he believes in gay rights. He must be just like us, which is bullshit. Of course, if you knew anything about history, Hitler went around giving speeches to labor unions, saying things like, yes, I believe in labor unions, until he got true power and dismantled the labor unions. So you could say whatever you want to say to whoever you want to say it to. So I'm really not going to believe a uh, somebody know them by their fruits, we know all we need to know about the terrorist incel cult called the Proud Boys. They're not, that's a fascist cult. They're not a democratic cult. So what? Somebody is not as homophobic as, I mean, I don't, I don't have time for this shit. I don't know. Yeah, one side, they both suck. Okay, yeah, we got a problem. Money and politics, that's the problem. But not every Democrat is 
I, I see a few Democrats are actually trying to make a difference. Where on the lib, uh, this is the real liberal media. What we're doing is trying to affect the message to push these people, to push the politicians to become the party of FDR again. That's what I believe. And if you don't like it, you can go to go back to Jimmy Dore. Okay. That's it. Then you'll be happy. I mean, really. I We go after Nancy Pelosi all the time when she says something fucking stupid. So, I mean, really. What are you going to do? It just gets on my nerves. I'm sorry to share. I have to share with my YouTube crowd because it gets annoying. If you keep talking about this, I'm not going to listen. Well, then fucking go. What do you want me to fucking say? We're going to do a show just for you? You got? You want to go to Jimmy Dore? What can I say? I mean, they hear, right, one person, they come to the show, they never seen the show before, and they're like, if you keep saying this, then go. God, really? All right, whatever. I'm getting in a, what was I saying? I don't need to be distracted. But there you go. I did. I got distracted. It's very annoying. All right, listen. I think we're going to just wrap it up for tonight because I'm kind of irritated in general. Um, let's, let's see. Well, I want to say again, as always, thank you, Jim, for your super chat and Errol. I got to think of other things, though. The other thing is, um, as far as patrons to, uh, I need to get, because RDT Daily is gone. Republican Dirty Tricks is gone. So we're going to have to come up with some new gifts. I think I need to do that. But anyway. Yeah. Paradu says, back to the beatdown. I don't know. I think I'm just going to, whatever. We're going, we'll, we'll, we'll get together tomorrow. What do you think? Should we? Thank you, Errol, for your super chat. Thank you, Slow Tree, for your super chat. And thank you, Haiku, for your super chat both super chats and i want to thank all of the patrons at patreon.com slash yes paradu says don't let the morons win i'm just whatever i'm just in a mood i need to go go to sleep i need to get unconscious and we'll come back tomorrow don't worry there's there's more sh stuff to talk about as always guys guys but in the meantime it would help if somebody would become a, if you're listening, become a patron at patreon.com slash taradevil. And if you want to keep the show going and growing and uh, join us on Rockfin, R-O-K-F-I-N.com. Join us on YouTube at the Tarabusta YouTube channel and on Facebook and all these other places. I mean, there's so much you got to do. It's so annoying. I apologize. I wish it was better. Great singing, Tara. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. 
Errol. Yeah, you know what? I think I just need to go uh, lay down and stare at the ceiling. Guys, remember, if I get a patron by tomorrow, we will have a show. And if not, it will be up to my whether I feel like it or not. So uh, the more patrons we get the more we we will have more i mean when we get enough patrons we will have a daily show at a set time otherwise i don't know it's annoying right everything's annoying everybody's annoying friends i don't know i'm telling i don't i don't want to tell you what to do you know what to do. Become a patron, whatever. It's annoying to keep saying that, isn't it? I have to... I also need to... What else do I need to do? I need to get... We need to get enough patrons so I can get some help up in this bitch. I need an assistant. Maybe somebody... If you're a nice, rich lesbian that wants to adopt me as your uh, something, cause, then you can... You can be my assistant and also benefactor. How about that? All right. Listen, I'm in a pissed off mood. So I'm going to go and relax a little bit before I have an aneurysm. And we, you know the terms. We'll, if somebody becomes a patron, they will support the show for tomorrow. Otherwise... It will all depend on whether I'm in the good mood or in a mood to do a show. I'm only kidding. I want to do a show. I do. I really, really do. Guys, we need it. We're in trouble. This country is on the brink of autocracy. That's not That's not just uh, uh, me being an alarmist. You know it's the truth. Remember what I say. We will win if we stick together. That's what's so sad, too. Just one last thing. With New Zealand, you saw that New Zealand had to lock down again. They got three cases of coronavirus. But you understand that that when I watched the announcement with uh, the New Zealand Prime Minister, Jacinda Ahern, Ahern is her name? Yes. She, you don't see any of this bullshit that goes on here. Liberate, liberate people there because you know why they have a community spirit. That's the other thing like we were talking about. They have that community spirit that made that propelled Rome to be uh, to, to, to their near millennia old civilization to conquer the world, the known world at the time. Or whatever, the Western world. I don't want to put my foot in my mouth. And New Zealand has that spirit too. They're in it together. We don't have it here anymore. If we ever did. It has to be cultivated. And we cultivate it through progressive policies like universal health care, higher education, living wages. Also... By by educating not just the youth, but everyone who might be a little confused about what 
and a democracy, it, what the grand experiment in liberal democracy is supposed to be. What this thing is. What is the liberal age of enlightenment? Well, that's what we're doing. Trying to remind those who might be a little confused that liberals, progressives, we're the real patriots. Liberals, well, progressives created this country. There's nothing more progressive at the time than overthrowing a king and a system of government that had ruled Western civilization for thousands of years. You can't call that conservatism, right? You can, you could call the monarchy conservative, but you can't call the revolutionaries conservatives. There's nothing conservative about overthrowing a king. So we're the real patriots. Never forget it. We're also the real patriots because we don't leave our fellow Americans behind. We're in this together. There's nothing patriotic about these right-wingers. We're the patriots. So own it. Claim it proudly. And remember, we will win because we're on the right side of history. We're on the right side of decency, dignity, and democracy. My name is Tara Devlin. If you want to join, join. If you don't, bye. I'll see you very soon.